Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Always Almost There, Day After Show Live. Today is Wednesday, July 5th, and we are here to talk about Asbury Park Night 2. Hi, Neil. Hey, what's happening? I, you know, I'm great. How are you? It's How are you feeling? It's Night Zero for you once again. Night Zero once again. About to do two shows in two days with a pretty hefty drive in between, but I'm stoked. I'm stoked, man. It's going to be fun. I'm also very stoked because this is night negative one for me. Uh, you know, when, when, when we do the pod on Friday, I think you and I will both be in various places nearing or in Saratoga Springs. Um, so That's right. it's going to be an exciting uh, couple of days here, but you know, we're not there yet. We are here to talk about last night, 4th of July, big, big show at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. We've got a couple of guests as always. We've got Chris and we've got Osiris's very own. RJB, yes, OVO, not Drake anymore. It's now Osiris's very own. Uh, RJ's new clothing line will be coming soon. Hi guys, how you doing? I just uh, came up. good. That that show was pretty unreal. Yeah, awesome. RJ, you you had a good time too. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was a great day. I got to get. Uh, we we tricked our neighbors into taking our kids for the night, and um, you know had like a an afternoon with with my friend tom and his wife and we went out to dinner and then went to the, i mean it was just like it was a great day and a great show tom who never heard of him yeah just just a guy you wouldn't know him. yeah <laughs> anyway awesome glad to hear that you both had a blast at the show last night uh i know i i'm loving you know this time of year is the best for couch tour because i just set up the projector on the back deck you know enjoy the nice weather enjoy the the night air bother my neighbors uh, you know, th- there was a there was a brief moment, uh, like ten minutes before the show started last night, where one of my neighbors started loudly playing like two thousands pop music at their pool, and I was worried I was going to have to try to drown that out uh, with the show, which is just like, you know, it happens so you, sometimes. So you had an authentic Asbury Park experience uh, <laughs> at home in Canada. Yeah. So this is great. I wasn't I wasn't on concrete, but yeah, I guess I guess that's pretty close. Yeah. Neil, how was your couch tour experience last night? I know uh, you, you had a you had a, a nap. Uh there yeah, there was a nap involved. I had a long day <laughs> yesterday of putting together furniture for my son. He had like a, a new bedroom set and so shout we, out to Neil's son. Yeah, it, it was a busy day. I'm still tired. I'm quite sore, but that's okay. Um and yeah, it was nice at the the, the end of the tunnel there was was a goose show. So that's exciting. Yeah, I, I'm actually I'm a really big fan of this like 630 to 10 p.m. showtime. You know, yeah. it's like, hell yeah, <laughs> it's like so like not not only because then it's like, great, I'm not up until two o'clock in the morning watching a show on the West Coast. Like it's, you know, show ends at 10, like it's just gotten dark. You feel like, you know, 
still lots of possibilities. You can go to bed or you can just like hang out after and it's not suddenly like, you know, the wee hours. Um, and, you know, shows in the early evening are like, you know, awesome. Like the sunset looked pretty spectacular on the boardwalk. Yeah. I mean, Chris, I don't know about you, but I, we kind of got like, it's a double-edged sword, the early shows, because we left the show. <clears throat> we like were one of the last people to leave the show, and we left, and we were like, oh, it's only 10 o'clock. We can go to the Asbury Lanes where the Kitchen Dwellers are playing and hang out mm-hmm. for a little bit, and then suddenly it's 1 o'clock, and you're like, right. <laughs> I was hoping that the 10 o'clock thing would turn into 11.30, not like 1, but you know, it was it was, it was was a lot of fun. It gives you a lot of time after the show to, to yeah, rest or, or not rest. Yeah, I mean, I had to go home that night because the friend I drove up with had to go to work the next day. So it was nice in that regard. And then on Friday night, uh, or sorry, Saturday night. No, wait. When, what day is it anyway? Was, <laughs> yeah, I, I lost track. Um, Today's Wednesday. On Monday, after Monday show, we went out and that was nice because we were, even after we went out, it was only 1230 when we got back. So we we're fully rested for night two. Yeah, that, that's why I think Neil and I had a similar experience uh, on, on Sunday at Peach when, like, you know, the, the music was done at 10.30 instead of, like, 2 a.m. the last month. Yeah. Like when I was at summer camp last month, on the Sunday night, the last show went until 4 a.m. still, which was, like, brutal. So, it, you know, early end times are nice. Uh, but let, yeah. let's, let's, let's dive into the show a little bit. Chris, talk to me first. Your experience, you know, leading up to the show – how you were feeling, getting in, where you got situated? Um, it was pretty easy. They didn't start letting people in the second night until a little bit later. So we got there around the same time, um, but waited in line a little bit longer. But both nights I was able to get right up to Peter's side, pretty close. The crowd was great. I had no issues. Water was – I heard some people complain, but it was only 3 bucks. They didn't let water bottles in, which they should have, but – other than that, it was really good ambiance. The staff was cool. I had a good time. Love it. RJ, what about you? Yeah, the and the drinks were like pretty inexpensive too. I think like everything was pretty yeah. inexpensive, which was cool. Um yeah, t- we were um we were right in front of the soundboard and um it was great. We had this like we were in the friends and family section and it was there's a lot of room and um I felt kind of bad at first because there was a lot of and then a bunch of people came in so then it got more crowded so then it felt felt <laughs> as crowded as the as the outside eventually but um there you go. all the i think like half the band uh, dogs in a pile was was in there as well and like their friends and the management team and so there was like it was a, it was a whole big asbury park party a lot of fun in there i love it i love it did was there any like you know, like I, I know, I know Tom was there on night one also. So did he have anything to say like about the first night? Like, you know, that you missed out on. Um, he did. Well, he just said it was it was I think his quote was it was fantastic start to finish. And that's like one of the things that I was going to say about the first set, which we can whenever we get into that. Um, yeah, there. I mean, it's interesting. Can I can we go to that? We can go. Yeah, let's start talking about the just, first set. Yeah, because I was I was thinking earlier today when I was re-listening, like. Atlas Dogs, Turbulence, and Mr. Action are all 2022 songs, right? Mm-hmm. And they, I was just thinking when Tom said it was a fantastic show start to finish the night before, I was just thinking like this, all this new material is just giving them the ability to create like such a good arc in these shows. Like all the shows I've seen this year have just had like a really good arc to them. And I think those, that new material, like that just gives them so much more to, to, play with you know like those three songs are all really different but i think set set the table nicely for for set one so it's pretty cool to see this band like you know you see them a year year and a half ago like none of these songs existed and they had a a much much smaller catalog to draw from so i I noticed that right away like this i mean i love turbulence i i really like misdirection i think like the 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 piano solo you know that's just it, they're fun songs and they're all yeah. a little bit different but they they kind of create this arc that uh that's really cool so that was the first you know part of the set i thought was really really fun yeah we we have a good mutual friend uh who i will not name who does not like mr action at all and i think he is wrong um but you know <laughs> that people have their opinions uh yeah it's a good point about these first few songs like you know reliance on the new material we've seen a lot of sets this year that where they've been very heavily playing the 2022 2023 
uh, debuts and the, those songs. Um, also interesting that we kind of were talking about in, in, in the group chat um, as the, as the show was unfolding, a lot of short rests uh, on songs in this first set, a lot of stuff just played at peach um, or, you know, like I, I think Atlas dogs was Columbus. Um, but only like three, four show gaps on a lot of these songs. But Chris, how are you feeling? Uh, Atlas Dogs, Turbulence, Mr. Action. I thought they they came right out of the gate firing. Um, I love hearing Atlas Dogs live because Jeff's gong and Trevor's bass just like vibrates your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the jam that Rick did in the middle of Turbulence was really cool. And then Mr. Action was a song that I wanted to hear. So got that. That was really cool. Um, and then the Peter opening up, uh, that was a fun jam. So I, all three of those, I was really happy with. And I got to say, like the Mr. Action, the Peter's piano work, and I've noticed this the past few shows too. I don't know if it's the mix or if he's just playing. I don't know, Ryan, you would know. Like if there's just a different kind of um, focus on the piano sounds. But I'm also wondering when is he going to get a, when is there going to be room and time and the space for a baby grand? So my thing on that before I you know throw it over to Neil for the beginning of this set, um, my my thing on the baby grand is Peter has now spent so much time and and space in these jams layering and stuff like the vibraphone and the marimba on top of the piano sound and getting a baby grand piano, you then lose the ease of of doing that right. Like he could move the Nord to be on top of the organ or something like that, but then it it becomes difficult to just quickly layer things like that or you know then you go from having the like the full grand piano sound to like the you know the synthesized version i guess or the, the virtual version um and so i i don't know what peter's thought process there is especially with the um addition you know of, of all these new sounds that he's been using so much this year um but it's it's definitely you know think things have changed i think a year ago if you asked me if he should get a baby grand i would say absolutely 100% you know put a grand piano on that stage. Like he should have one. Right. Uh, Cause even when, when he had one at Goosemas radio city um, that there wasn't this, the, there wasn't these sounds and, and all this stuff that's now become such a huge part of, of Goose's jamming. So that, that, that that's my take on that right now. Uh, nice. Yeah. But like picking up on what RJ was saying there, there is a richness and depth to Peter's piano sound right now that I don't think was present, you know, a month or so ago. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking back to like Peach and re-listening to the Redbird they played at Peach. His piano sounded beautiful in that. And I thought that in the moment, and then I listened to the recording and it sounded even better than I had remembered. Um, so something is going on there and I don't know exactly what that is, but it's pretty cool. But That's yeah, the exact to- jam, Neil. That, that's the exact jam that I was thinking of also. That Oh, right on, yeah. Just, there's just like this part in there toward the end that's just, it's amazing. Yeah, it's. I mean, it has like... The best word I can think of is depth. Like there's just something more to it than, than I'm used to hearing when I listen to Peter play. But uh, yeah, the the opener, I mean, you got a three pack of openers last night. That's the interesting thing about what leads off this right. show is each of those songs has been used to open a show recently even. So that that's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty cool way to start a show. Yeah. Solid, solid first set fair here. Uh, and then we, you know, second, uh, second half of the set, we get Butter Rum, Tumble, U.S. Blues. You know, Rum, Rum had a nice little groove happening in there. Uh, you know, it's, it's been doing that a lot recently, uh, packing a, a, a good amount of improv into like 12 to 14 minutes or so. Um, Tumble was just, you know, a solid 15-minute version of the song. Peter's guitar tone again. And the first Goose version of U.S. Blues has been played by Array Below a number of times. This is the first full band version. Uh, and so excited, very appropriate for the holiday. But Chris, how are you feeling the second half of this set? This is where everything, like, really, I just got so excited. Um, Butter Rum's one of my favorite songs. I love a call and response, so that's always fun to do. And then I loved that jam they went into. Um, Tumble, they they built it up really well. And then there was a uh, part in the middle, I think it was, where they did, like, a really cool, like, funky jam that I like really enjoyed. Um, and then Trevor throughout the whole thing was dropping bombs. Uh, and then obviously, I mean, everyone just went wild for us blues. That was just such a fun song to hear. Um, and then Peter and Rick did a great jam on top of that. So yeah, overall the end of that set was really fun. 
Awesome. <laughs> I think um, Butter Rum is like one of those songs when I first started listening to Goose, I was like, this is not this this is not going to work for me, you know, but it's it's definitely grown on me really? over time. Yeah, it was just like, you know, I think the first times I heard it, I was just like, you got like, this is it's just, you know, silly, you know, um, but I think that's yeah. part of what, you know, like a lot of fish songs and a lot of other band songs like that, that is part of the appeal. Um, the last three versions I've seen of that, I guess, the Cap and the Met and this one have all been like, it's like a reliable jam vehicle, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, I did hear, I heard, I don't, I need to like piece this together, but I heard that this song was written possibly by Rick about, he was like living near a bakery um, in maybe Boston. I need to like put together the details because I got a few details, but apparently it was like the, I think it was like the appeal of, of muffins coming from a bakery that like inspired this song. Um, that's what someone was telling me yesterday. So I just want to share that. Um, so it's, it's a literal sweet Island muffin. That's exactly. Cool. Is exactly. there Neil, are there any islands in Boston with a bakery? Uh, I, we'll have to do some research and talk yeah. about that, but no, I, I, I don't think so. Now I'm actually curious for it. where he lives. Cause I used to live over by Berkeley for many, many years, uh, because of where I went to college. Uh, so I'm dying to know. This might not, that might not, everything I said might not be true. Um, <laughs> not, or maybe yeah, everything RJ it. says with a grain of salt. Yeah. I think the, the tumble is interesting. It wasn't like super intense, you know, but it was sort of a good groove version that I think matched the vibe of the. The seaside kind of uh, vibe that we had going there, um, yeah. And, and U.S. Blues was super fun. I mean, th it was, it was a good set. I mean, I, I think these, I don't know, like the the again the new material that gets mixed in. It's just like these sets are unpredictable, and maybe that's just because I don't pay you know attention as as much as other people. But like, I don't really know what's coming at, at these shows, and I feel like maybe a year or two, like I would have had a better sense for what would yeah. come in a, at a certain point in the show. But I have no idea. Like, I'm just like, you know, also my wife asked me what every song is. And like at Fish, it's like the first note. I tell her what song it is. And with Goose, like I have to wait like 18 or 25 seconds. I'm like, is this mist or creatures? Or, like, <laughs> I go through like six songs in my head before I, before I land on the right one. But it's it's cool to be like just to have it be a little bit unpredictable, you know. Yeah, last night was a very unpredictable set list. You know, again, we talked about like songs on a short gap, um, and also just you know a few tunes that not expecting to hear. Like, I mean, Arrow was on a really short gap again. Obviously, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, not not songs we were expecting to pop up again soon. And that's that's part of what they've been doing a lot of, and you know, interesting cover choices in the second set. Um, but you know, Neil. You want to talk about yeah. the end of this first set before we get there? Well, you're just picking up on what you're saying, Atlas Dogs just came off of somewhat long rest the last time it was played. I think it was like six or seven shows. Then all of a sudden, it's right back again. And because uh, we were wondering where Atlas Dogs was for a minute there. So this was an unpredictable set. I wasn't expecting Butter Rum so early. You got that Butter Rum. I think that was like a whole vibe thing, though, right? They're at the beach. Like, it's a party. This whole first set is just a party. Yeah. Especially the back half of this set, right? You get... Butter Rum, Tumble, U.S. Blues. I mean, that's awesome. That show must have been so incredibly fun. That place must have been exploding with energy. Um, I mean, those are all dancers. And uh, yeah, dude, U.S. Blues. That's so cool that they did it. It's kind of funny. I think somewhat divisive song. Some people don't really like U.S. Blues at all. Uh, um, so uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think they did a great job of it. And you know, you, you plug that in every once in a while. That's great. Maybe it's the only time they ever do it, but uh, it is hilarious how much it does get played by a Rebelo, And then all of a sudden it just showed up in, in a goose. Set. I mean, it's so. goose's first time playing on July 4th. So I feel like it, it had to happen. Uh, we, we have a great message uh, from chat here. Came to play jam a dogs. Correct. Yes. That is a correct uh, answer. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, for anyone who may be unfamiliar with what Atlas dogs jams. Yes, it used to for the first 10 months of its, of its existence, it jammed, uh, check out two, four, 22. They can't play Atlas dogs without us having this conversation on the day after pod. And I mean, <laughs> and then, we're going to keep doing it until they jam so, it again. This is the part where I bring up Portland and how good it is. Right. Um, and then you correct me on some detail, but I think I got it right this time. So. 
there we go. We we've been there before, you know. We we yeah. like to we like to bring up certain, you know, but yes, they should jam things again. about every song. Um yeah. <laughs> Thunder ending of Dark Horse. Anyway. <laughs> yes. They yes, did. Vickers. This is also correct. Yeah. Um all right, well. Long day. <laughs> the pod does not get results for A Dogs. No. <laughs> anyway. RJ, how are uh, how are you guys feeling at set break? You know, anything you were expecting for set two, or thoughts on the first set at the time? Um, I, I mean, it was it was great. Um, I was very happy just to to be there. I think once the sun started going down too, it just you know it cools off a little bit. And I think people are like you sort out where the space issues are. You start talking to people around you, and you know, I think settling in for the next set. I did see. I saw Leslie at set break. Um, it was her birthday yesterday, as as mentioned, I think, by Ben. Um, and uh, happy birthday, Leslie. So that's cool. Um, I got to see her and see some friends. And yeah, um, it was it was it was really like just I don't know, little break. I don't know. It went by fast. I don't know if it was long or not, but it went by fast. It was pretty short. Uh, the last two nights set breaks were pretty short. Last night, they also went on. Uh, around half an hour after ticket time. And so they had to keep a short set break in order to get a decent enough um, second set. And the, the first set was only around an hour and, a, and change, right? Like it was, it was relatively yeah, short. It was pretty short. Yeah. But Chris, how are you feeling at set break? It was night one was really hot. So it was a little bit cooler night two. So that made everything a little bit easier. And then nice. the people around us were all sitting. So it made it less... I don't know. I, sometimes when I'm sitting down at set break and no one else around me is sitting, I feel kind of bad. But our entire section was, so it was everyone was on the same page. Love it. Nice. Thanks. Neil, how was your nap at set break? I definitely <laughs> fell asleep at set break. It is a thing that happened. Well, but I, nap, I rallied like nap. immediately. Yeah, it was good. It was restful. It, it got me ready for that second set. I opened a beer right when I got up, and then all of a sudden, there was more goose. Oh, perfect. So it was great. It's your, your body, your body knows, you know, yeah. it's time to get it's up. Been, I have not yet recovered from peach actually. Like while we're on the my voice, my voice hasn't. <laughs> oh man. I, well, yeah, I, I think my lungs, I lost like five years off of my life from breathing in the smoke up yeah. there in the mountains, but yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm slowly coming back to normal and I'm going to do it all over again, starting tomorrow. Basically by Sunday, I'm just going to be a mess of a human being. It's going to be awful, but. You know, we're just gonna go. We're gonna do yeah. it. Got to do it, man. And you got kids to move, like mix in there. You know, it's uh, yeah. it's it's hard. It's a hard. It's hard life. Yeah, yeah. You know, Neil spent four days at a music festival, one day building furniture, <laughs> and now he's going to shows again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, let's dive. Uh, let's dive into set two here. Uh, let's start with the first couple of songs. Get the debut of "Wild Summer Nights" by John Cafferty, and then Thatch, of course. Uh, you know. I think we all saw this one coming. Uh, but Chris, how are you feeling about these two? Um, admittedly, I had never heard Wild Summer Nights before. Me neither. Um, but I thought I thought it was a really fun way to start the set, um, set the mood, and then dive into what was my first live thatch, and it it hit. It was really good. That intro bass hit where Trevor just slams. That's Peter, the... actually. Oh, it's Peter. Yeah, that that, oh. that synth bass thing. Yeah, that's Peter. Oh, okay. Yeah, that like just vibrates you and it yeah, it pulls you in. That whole jam was unreal. They did a middle section like funky jam and then they built up to Rick Solo. Yeah, first two songs of that set were really great. Mm-hmm. RJ, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it's just such a such a funky song, you know. It's like it reminds me of, you know, getting like a Moma Dance or a Tube or something, but with like much longer and and with really good lyrics like a good song like a good it's a good song you know that just has like this funk to it that is just it's just like it's so thick it's awesome um and rick like rick's tone in the in the first part of that gem like i was hearing schofield it was like a schofield kind of like pitch thing i don't know what and i have no idea about guitar pedals but like it, it sounded like schofield <laughs> you know it sounded like, like schofield it doesn't matter like, what was doing that. i don't know if you guys like felt the same way or not but like i was like i know i don't really hear that kind of tone from rick a lot but um it was a cool it was a cool jam um and yeah just man these are this is a monster song yeah i i love what peter's doing on the clav in this thatch uh there's yeah. you know a lot of like there's some textural work happening 
uh, you know, uh, good friend of the pod, uh, Justin Bruce, uh, asked me this morning, like, is it like, what is he, you know, it sounds like a clav, but like with vibrato and stuff, you know, around the 10 minute mark, I was like, oh, that's just the clav with effects on it. Um, which sounds awesome. You know, Peter's been really, you know, again, we talked about the, or I mentioned earlier, like the different layered piano sounds. He's also been kind of utilizing here and there, this more like textural clav. Uh, instead of just straight up shredding it, um, you know, either one results in a collab tweet. So I, you know, I, I'm it. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. But uh, I mean, Rick does have a Schofield button. I, I don't know what the button is. Uh, I don't know what pedal that is. Maybe we can get somebody to do a rig tour and figure that out. But we've I'm talked about the Schofield it. button before <laughs> where like there is a moment where he can just instantly sound exactly like Schofield. And I think that happens one because of the effects that he's using, but also because of his phrasing. He just sounds like Schofield when he plays, which is not a big surprise considering that they're both from Wilton, Connecticut. So, I mean, he grew up kind of idolizing Schofield, right? I, I assume that he did, um, but that's pretty cool. I mean, that's two pretty good guitar players that come from a pretty small town. That's actually kind of outrageous. But yeah, I didn't realize it was. A, I didn't realize it was the same town. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the the weirdest thing. And then you know, early on, there's Schofield stuff that just appears in Goose's music. You know, they cover Schomule. There's you're getting the um, uh, the song. Uh, oh, oh man, they, they haven't they quote, played Schomule in forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like Schomule, and they quote Shank from time to time, which is pretty cool off of a go go. So yeah, you, you do see that a lot, but um. This Wild Summer Nights threw me for a loop. I had no idea what the hell it was either. Uh, some people seem to know exactly what it was. And you know what I thought of? Uh, it, because of Present Company, this actually comes to my mind. is like Brian Brinkman knows exactly what this is. And he's going to be like disgusted that nobody knows what it is. <laughs> um, because it is a song from a movie. And he's probably seen it a thousand times. Uh, but in any case, this thatch is really, really, really good. There is a section right in the dead middle of this thatch that might be one of my favorite jam segments in a thatch ever. Um, so this was not just another thatch kind of pulled off the shelf and played for everybody. They they leaned into this one and it's really, really, really good. Yeah. What what part of the jam? Sorry, Ryan. What part no, of the jam? Oh, or like I what was give you like it? Is it so like, when they like were really, really the, yeah. Really silent, and they were doing kind of this two-chord jam. And it sounded really, really fishy to me for a minute there. And I can even give you a timestamp because I was I think just it's like posting about it this. Went, when, it, when, when we get these moments that we've been getting recently of Rick playing a lot and Peter also doing more to play with Rick instead of just supporting Rick, that's where you get yep. kind of that fishy sound because, you know, Paige and Trey aren't just supporting each other in a jam. They're playing with each other very actively. So, yeah. Um, so check out play... the, uh, the eight minute mark. The eight minute mark to about the nine and a half minute mark. Very, very good. Came to play awesome. following up his correct opinion from earlier with an incorrect opinion. Uh, we should not shelve Thatch for five to six shows. Yeah, we've talked if... about this. This is a great time to be alive. Like, this isn't going to last. Correct. Like, Thatch isn't going to be played every third show forever. It's just this year, which makes us a really good year to see Goose. Yeah. And I, I mean, after last night, I'm no okay. longer in the 50% club for Thatch. So I don't get it. I really don't. But hey, that's me. <laughs> that's I'm, I'm like a, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a noob. So you know, I'm just I'm just there to like, you know. Hey, listen, you saw Goose in 2019. That hey, automatically makes thank you, you not a noob. Thank you for thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Got to make sure people know that you have cred, like, because you know you don't really have cred in the music community otherwise, right? Like. Oh, Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's continue on uh, with the second set here. Uh, we got Hunger Sight, Into the Mist, What's Up, and Arrow. Really great segment, uh, I thought. But RJ, why don't you start us off? Uh, take it in any chunk that you'd like or all of it. Yeah. The um, So, again, like Hunger Sight, you know, another new, new-ish song and, a, and a, a crowd pleaser, obviously. And I think that, you know, that's, the guitar solo was made even more famous by the trace it's just like that that moment in in hunger site will now be like one of the one of the best moments at any goose show you know it's like it's like an arcadia peak you know it's like it's just like quintessential 
goose but i like that it after a, like a long kind of interesting thatch it was a great call and i think it it flowed really well um i feel like every band i see including fish at least once a show i'm like oh this is fucking dark star it's a dark star jam <laughs> <laughs> and that happened to me during during this hunger site not like they were like not like they were you know covering it but just like whoa this sounds like dark star to me um but i thought that was a really cool kind of you know ambient kind of space they were getting into in that hunger mm -hmm. site and um really loved it in, in contrast to the thatch so i thought those like that was really balanced you know kind of like two two jams yeah I feel like I was I didn't appreciate the thatch and hunger site enough at the time because I was busy making goose and American band t-shirts. Um, but <laughs> going, going back this morning uh, and listening to it. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, it's an interesting hunger site. You know, we've been hearing these versions lately that go straight for the jugular for like 15 minutes. Uh, right. And, and this one went in a completely different direction. Uh, so it was cool to hear them you know, not just keep sticking to what's working. Uh, but Chris, how are you feeling about this? I love that they did like a long drawn out slow jam and then went into the peak. Like you said, they normally just go right into it. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was really cool. And yeah, they did a really good job building up. And then obviously when the peak got there, it was where it needed to be. Rick, Neil? Yeah, man. It, Hunger Sight is quickly becoming one of my favorite songs to see on a set list because you are guaranteed. Well, it's a great song. So even if they don't jam it at all, you, like you win. But you're guaranteed something good and unique. It's not like there are some songs where you kind of you can expect the jam to go to a certain place. And you're going to say, OK, this is, you know, like a drive jam. And I'm I'm used to this drive jam and like I know it and I know where this is all going to go or like. Better said, tumble, right? More often than not, you know exactly where that jam is going to go. Mm -hmm. Arrow is another example. Hunger Sight, you just don't know what the hell you're going to get, but you do know it's going to be really, really good, and it's going to explore some things that maybe you haven't heard in the song before. And I think that's what you get in this one. It's just always good to see. I mean, it's just uh, the jams are so good in the song, and I love it. And the weird thing about it is I don't, in my mind, I kind of bucket songs and I don't bucket this with like an Arcadia or a Drive or a Madhavan or something like that, because I think it's something different. But it actually is like fighting its way into that bucket where it's just like guaranteed banger of a jam every time. Mm -hmm. And so that's a, it's a really cool thing. And it's just ongoing. My my appreciation of this song improving, you know, and this is a good example of, of that. Um but then, then the mist, of course, like so weird that they as played that friend, on such short rest. Yeah, as as a good friend said last night, the only time an unfinished mist is okay is when it goes into what's up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like something. I'm surprised he's not on the pod today to talk about that. But um, he's at the dentist. Yeah. Oh, is he? So yeah, is a 13 show gap the last time they played mist, and folks were like, "Where the hell is mist?" In fact, we said that on this podcast, and they played it the next day. And then for it to show up on a five show gap right after, I mean, that's a surprise yeah. and a, a good one. I mean, it's always, it's always a fun song. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, late second set placement as well. Um, you know, I, and I am surprised we didn't get the full, you know, dance party jam missed. Uh, Cause I feel like that would have fit the vibe of the show. Well, um, but I mean, you know, what's up is like awesome. Uh, but Chris, how did you feel about the missed what's up? Uh, yeah, no, I love Into the Mist, especially because of that breakdown jam. So when they didn't go fully into it, I was a little bummed. But then, I mean, What's Up was, that was un unreal. I like forget that they cover that because when, I don't know when the last time they played it was, like 2022. New Orleans, New Orleans okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that got the crowd going. That was, I think, the loudest everyone was the entire night. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Peter having that little like moment in the middle where he's like life is beautiful that was so wholesome and just i don't know moments like that like make you really just like appreciate going to shows you know who appreciated that neil jive goose appreciated uh, that moment <laughs> he did i mean that one was amazing like he was just like struck by inspiration was like you know yeah. i'm in the middle of the song like I just need to do a positive message right now, right in the middle. Yeah, I was like that doubting myself my for a second. I was like, wait, is this part of the original version? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like is there is there supposed to be like a, 
joy rap in the middle. Uh, but RJ missed. Uh, yeah. Missed what's up? Mi- yeah, missed. I've seen several times, and that is one of the songs where when it starts, I'm like, I have no idea what song this is, and then it <laughs> takes me. It takes me a long time. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Like the what's up? The there's a guy next to me who like heard like the first like note and was like. I think that's what's up. And I was like, I don't know. I have no idea how you heard that because it was just like one guitar note. But um, my wife had like basically the most unexpected moment of joy that I think you could have during the song because, you know, it's a we grew up in the 90s, you know, like this was a song that everyone knew and um, she was she was loving it. So it was cool. It was definitely like it's kind of like when we um, I think I was at the Met love is a battlefield you know like these covers that like songs that we know well that like i don't think especially my wife would ever expect goose to play it's one of the great things about them is just these covers that just come out of nowhere that are somewhat unexpected and um just like like you said chris crowd pleaser everyone was just everyone was loving it it was really really awesome and yeah the i mean peter is so genuinely happy you know it's just it's just it's infectious and it's it's hard to um it's hard to argue with that, you know, it's like, I, I love it. I love it. And I love his, I love the energy he brings. Um, it was cool. It was really cool. My wife was, was less happy that they didn't play Rockdale. She, for some reason, she was just convinced they were going to play Rockdale because it's her favorite song. And she's like, they, they, they must play it. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, but, but I was happy with the, the arrow closer. Certainly. Your wife should go to Portland tomorrow if she wants. I was to gonna say deals. she should go to Portland because she'd see it there. Um, and if it doesn't fantasy show up there, goose absolutely, tip. yeah, exactly. It'll show up at SPAC if it doesn't show up tomorrow, but it's almost certain to show up tomorrow. I was thinking Rockdale was showing up in this show too, and was surprised that it didn't. But maybe they're holding on to it. But uh, just one more point on this: What's up? It's just you know, it's come up a couple times when we talk about it. It's just pure joy, and it's funny because it almost kind of feels like one of those like you know, kitschy, ironic covers, like, oh, look at us doing this, like, kind of dumb song from the 90s. But there's something about it when Rick sings it, it changes the song. And I think it sounds wonderful. It's not a corny song. And I mean, you can hear it on the tapes, even the the crowd sang along for it was outrageous. I mean, everybody was just so happy. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would be inspired to just have a little chat in the middle of the song too. <laughs> yeah. I think if I was just like witnessing all that, I mean, that's gotta be pretty fucking cool when you're on the stage and you're looking out at a crowd of 5,000 and change or so, and you're just like watching them all sing along. I mean, that's gotta, that's gotta feel really good. And I think they did remark from stage earlier too, that the crowd was really into the butter rub. Like after they were like, yeah, solid. Uh, <laughs> so and folks were there to party and they were there to, you know, be engaged, I guess. And like, that's gotta be, it's gonna fill your cup. So, Fourth of July, yeah, yeah. They didn't. Nobody. People didn't that party not, enough on Canada Day. That was very non-American of you just now. <laughs> Thank that you. Is not, that is not <laughs> how Americans today Fourth. Right, of July. you know, ah. you were like you... Fourth of July. People I'm very enthusiastic about America. That's where <laughs> you know all the good bands are. So I want to point this out because uh, Garrett was saying this last night, but like you can tell, like when a when a Canadian makes a goose is an American band shirt <laughs> that it was a Canadian who's done it because it has like nine stripes and like seven star. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the most Canadian thing ever. Uh, it's so good though. It's a nice looking shirt. It was an 18, like an 1842 American flag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had a limited amount of time. Okay. I, was, I had a deadline here. I think you did yeah. a great job. Thank you. Yeah, no, Thank you I, mean, I, I just can't believe you did it, but I mean, good for you. What, what was yeah. I going to not do it? Um, I, did, yeah. I made a Timbali tweet shirt because of a tweet. <laughs> it's amazing. When they tell uh, me at the show, when Jeff tells me during a show to put something on a t-shirt, I'm going to put it on a t-shirt. Uh, yep. It's amazing. Yep. Is that what, yep. like flying off the shelves right now or what? How many sales do we have at this point? There, there are a few. There, there are a few uh, being made in Latvia right now. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> Is it available in tank top? Because I feel like it needs to be. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> That Give me 20 minutes call. after the pod's done. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll order one. If that's <laughs> Perfect. All right. And then uh, and then we get the arrow to close the second set uh, and the slow ready encore. Uh, Chris, how are you feeling, you know, throughout this this arrow and the slow ready? 
I'm I'm a big Arrow fan. Every time I've heard it, I think it's three times now live. It's always been like really good. Um, so that that always is fun to hear. Um, Peter's synth in that is a good jam, um, and it's a great way to please the crowd. I am more of a fan of So Ready, but I'm not. Sorry, you have to leave to this your- podcast. This is Team Slow only. <laughs> I, I do like both. I'm not. Like, I, I'm just kidding. I'm crowd. just kidding. No, I know. Uh, people in the crowd were some. Some people around me were not happy, but I I do love Slow Ready. I mean, Rick's vocals do it justice, and I mean the breakdown into Rick's solo was really cool. Um, yeah, I mean it was a great way to end the show. Sorry, I mean, RJ. How how are you feeling? Yeah. Yeah, I mean the Arrow was great. My my daughter, who was ten, almost ten, was declared Arrow her favorite Goose song yesterday. So I got a video clip of it for her, and um, so there you go. It was you cool. May not have it, gotten it, the way it is, right. but you got your daughter's favorite song. Yeah, no, I'm never getting that song for sure. <laughs> it's never happening. Um, I thought that like the the jam. I mean, it was such a like you know, like a lot of the Arrows that I've heard recently. I mean, it's just you know powerful, like really fun jam. Um, it's slow ready is just man I, I mean there's something very very sultry about that song that's just like everyone is just like should come with like a parental advisory warning or something i think everyone's <laughs> just you know and then there's like there's like the contrast between rick who's like you know up there like just being like the sexiest singer in the world and then there's peter <laughs> dancing you know next to him and and they're 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 equally awesome but it's just such a funny contrast to see peter just like just dancing his ass off and rick being the the serious serious uh singer um during that it's it's a great it's just a great scene i love watching them play it yeah i i agree so i just want to point out that we made it to minute 38 of the podcast before Ryan brought up the way it is. Um, so <laughs> kudos to you for the That's restraint there, Ryan. That That's was pretty you. good. Thank you very much. It, it, I, I almost mentioned it at the beginning, uh, but you know, I, I knew it would come up organically at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. Um, I do think, well, so Chris, you mean, so would people be disappointed because it wasn't like a, a big jam? I think they wanted so ready instead of slow ready. I think that's what it was. Pish tosh. I'm happy to hear both, but I if I had to pick one, it would be so ready. I, I'm not gonna, not gonna fair lie. Enough. Fair enough. Oh, hey, actually, on the topic of so ready, I, I meant to say this earlier, but um I forget where I heard this, but uh just connecting back. Um apparently there was a rumor that when they were recording shenanigans, um when they were doing so ready, that they were going to have Schofield do the guitar solo on that. Have you heard this before? No. What? Um, yeah. So like the joke was that like Schofield was going to come in and record it and have it be part of the song. And then but he said no because happen. Schofield is team slow. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> that's the case. But uh, I just wanted to bring that up because we're talking about Schofield. And, and I've never. I, hey, I if that, that happens, like it's already instantly very cool in my opinion. Well, I, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I am. I am a slow guy. You know, I, I just have to say that. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, you get a, you get a, what is it like, eighteen minutes of arrow, maybe seventeen minutes of arrow yeah. at the end of the show. I mean, that's pretty cool. That that's a great spot for that to be. If you're going to do a non-exploratory version of arrow, that kind of goes on for thirty minutes or so. Um, and then this slow ready, yeah, slow ready just keeps getting better, in my opinion. Um, yeah. If you listen real close in this, and actually, it shows up throughout the show, like where Jeff just shows up from the underside with some stuff like he was doing like the hand claps thing in the intro yeah. to um to mist and then in this one when they do the peak like i mean he dropped a whole bunch of shit like right into the peak there and it sounds so good man it, it's incredible yeah. he's been he's been way up in the mix and actually thank, thank you for mentioning jeff in the context of this slow writing because i remember at the beginning of the encore uh you know spud shouted out the dogs in a pile guys peter shouted out like the kitchen dwellers after show um and then as Peter starts bringing in the synth swell for the beginning of Slow Ready, Jeff goes, Rich, you got any shout outs? And like Peter turned off the synth. And there's like an awkward few <laughs> seconds on stage. But I, was, I was dying. Like I thought it was so fun. I'm, I totally missed that. Oh, man. That's it, awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
He's totally I mean, busting they, his chops too, because like, yeah, yeah. it's a classic yeah. jab moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the texture, like the layers that that they're all adding in at this point are just you know really like enhancing the music. Jeff, Peter, Rick. I mean, I think Trevor, all of them. Like they're just they're like they keep adding layers to the sound that really just like makes a much richer and more just a like a richer sound. Um, it's really cool to to hear. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chris, you got anything to add on the show as a whole, your experience in Asbury? Um, I would just say like comparing, I mean, I, the last time I saw them was at Mohegan Sun, but the last time I saw a two set show was the Chrysalis. And just looking back from like then, or no, I was at the cap shows, but even looking back at like just the cap to like now, they, like everything's just much more tighter Ben and Jeff are on another level. And then yeah. Trevor is just killing it. They're only going to get better. I'm excited for tomorrow and Friday. Um, yeah. This band rocks. Hell yeah, they do. RJ, you got anything else? Yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, this is obvious. And I've, I've said this to the guys when I've been able to. Like, the songs are so fucking good. You know, like this, like you have these 20-minute jams that are just like, amazing but the songs they're like the new songs and the like the songwriting is just amazing and these mm -hmm. these new newer songs I, I missed everything must go the night before but i know that you know that was a long version and like that song is basically brand new and it's like incredible you know like they're they're just they're writing really great songs and i think like t going with tom is interesting because tom is not a he's not really a jam guy you know he like even at fish he's he likes the songs and he you know he he appreciates songwriting and i think that's why he appreciates goose so much and and it's cool to see these new songs even like the you know mr action and like they're just really good songs and they're writing yeah. more and more great songs and and the new songs are getting even better so i'm i'm just so excited for them because it just feels like they're I didn't think they could even be on like more of an upward trajectory, but it feels like they're like they're getting better and better. And it's just so awesome. It can be awesome. Uh, you know, so Chris, yeah, you're heading to the shows the rest of this week. RJ, when's your next show? Do you have any planned right now? No, I mean, that might I, I have no idea. I'll either like, you know, go on tour for the rest of the year or not see them again until next year. I don't know. I, I both go on tour for the rest of the year. I don't have any. I don't think I have a, another show in the near future, unfortunately. So, Red Rocks? I don't know. I mean, no, but maybe. Okay, I'll take. <laughs> I'll take the maybe. I'll take the maybe. Neil, you got anything else to add uh, on the show? Is RJ going to Hampton? Mm. Uh, no, man. I, I think. Yeah, Hampton is going to be good. Uh, yeah, but so I, you know. This show coming up is going to be really good. Lots of people are saying this is the one to be excited about. So I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to what's to come, but nothing really else to add about this show. It's just, yeah, there's a hell of a run yeah. and actually like really cool. I hope they play more by the beach. So yeah. if you guys had to guess, do you think we're getting an earthlings tomorrow or Friday? Based on its trajectory recently, I'd say neither, but neither. Okay. Okay. Anything can happen. Well, yeah. I, I, I do wonder um, about the Friday SPAC show just because, and you know, I think Peter said this on social the, today in the Instagram post, but when I've talked to Peter, he's like, they're really, really, really psyched about SPAC. Yeah. Like, I think it's a big deal. Like, it's their first shed show. Yeah. Right? They, they've they're... played bigger outdoor venues like Red Rocks and stuff, but this is the first time that they're playing at one of these legendary sheds. Right. Yeah. So this is this is exciting. They're they're very fired up. And I just I wonder if it's just going to be like, you know, a, an amazing show or if there's something special planned or just like if it'll just if they're just going to approach it like another show or if there's there's something um, else because they, they, it does seem to be, you know, top of mind. And it has been, I think, all year, which is really awesome. So mm -hmm. it's like that you guys get to see that. That'll be fun. I'm, I'm very, very excited. And it's hard to believe we only have three shows left uh, on on summer tour here, you know, one of which being a festival, uh, Levitate on Saturday, which hopefully we'll be getting a webcast for. I know they webcast some stuff from that festival sometimes. Um, but yeah, three shows left, uh, and then the band is back in the studio for a few weeks. Um, you know, and then, you know, then that's it until uh, September, really. 
except for Newport folk at the end of the month. Uh, so crazy, you know, that it's early July and we're already pretty much done with goose for a couple of months, which is, which is very sad, but you know, it's not cool. I know. How dare they take some time off after an incredibly <laughs> busy start to the year? Like shameful. Yeah. Not cool. They Honestly. should just add a bunch more shows. So, yeah. so we can go play in Toronto already. Like, come on. It's true. Residency. All of yeah. they got basically all of August open, you know, there you go. They can just play in Toronto for three weeks straight. It's <laughs> a good plan. Perfect. All right, good. So see everybody in Toronto in August. Uh, thank you, uh, Chris and RJ for being on uh, today's episode of day after show. It's been a pleasure uh, chatting with you both about last night. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for having me again. It was, it was great to, to talk to you guys. Of course. Thanks, Neil. Of course. Thanks, Neil and been Chris. Nice to see you, Chris. Yes. You as well. Neil and Chris, safe travels to Portland tomorrow. Uh, I will see you both on Friday at SPAC. Uh, and we will be back on Friday afternoon to talk about tomorrow night's, tomorrow night's show in Portland. Very exciting stuff. You know, always fun when they're on tour, as we know. Uh, we are in the thick of it, of course. So looking forward to that. Uh, and so everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Always Almost There, day after show. Have a phenomenal day. We'll see you next time. Hey, music fans. We wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fund run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.